Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's Wednesday, August 17th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs training camp in St. Joseph is winding down, and it occurred to me we haven't spent much time discussing Patrick Mahomes, and that's a great thing for the Chiefs, that Mahomes isn't a story. As Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell discuss on today's show, no quarterback drama is a good thing. We discuss Mahomes and his season ahead with a new cast of wide receivers. After a break, you'll hear from the newest chief, Danny Shelton. He is large and looks to take charge on the defensive line. Let's get started. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live from Chiefs Training Camp. We're presented by First Federal Bank. This is the show where we talk Chiefs with the people in the media who know them best and with you. Send us your questions and comments and talk Chiefs with us. Herbie Teope is here. So is Sam McDowell. Hope you guys are doing okay. So the Chiefs are at practice, have completed practice number 16 at training camp. Two more to go. Finish line is in sight. Herbie, you'll be um, uh, you, you'll be heading home for the final time on Thursday. Hey, uh, let, let's get to uh, any news that happened today at training camp. Uh, I understand Juju Smith did not practice today. What was the uh, what was the thought there? Yeah, he didn't practice because of a sore knee. And the other two players, obviously, Blake Bell was not back at practice with the hip flexor injury. Lucas Nyang remains on the pup list. And as well as a punter, Tommy Townsend was still absent because of family reasons. He was excused. Uh, Bucker was back to practice after dealing with a sore ankle on Monday. And then the other news of the day, the Chiefs are back to finally to 85. They released uh, defensive lineman Austin Edwards as well as wide receiver Devin Gray. So they are at 85 and the next roster cuts will occur next Tuesday when they have to go from 85 to 80. Okay, of course, that's not the big one. The big one comes... Um, after the third preseason game when they have to go from 80 to 53. And that's that, of course, is when we run the ticker, the uh, the cut day ticker for um, uh, for the Chiefs. So uh, overcast day, uh, rainy day. Um, I thought for a while it looked like Danny Shelton got between the sun and the practice field and, uh, and you know, was blocking out the sun. Uh, he was, of course, a... Uh, uh, a subject today, he, he uh, spoke to the media, as did Steve Spagnolo, as you saw in our uh, run up to the show. We're going to uh, we're going to hear from Danny Shelton later, uh, an edited version of Danny Shelton. Uh, those who were there know what I mean. Um, Danny just um, casually dropped an F-bomb today, but that's yeah, that's OK. That's all right. Um, not a problem. But before we get to that, I wanted to I, I wanted to talk to you guys about a player that we haven't spent much time discussing in preseason and what a luxury it is for the chiefs to have a player like Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, just simply, we, 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 we spend so much time discussing the newcomers, the draft class, the free agents, what we've seen. And we just take for granted that the chiefs, Oh, by the way, have, I don't know. I, I'd call him the best quarterback in the NFL under a, you know, with a, with a contract that's going to keep him here for such a long time. I guess we can talk to people who used to cover the team. I don't, Herbie, I don't think you were around when in, during the Matt Castle days. Or, oh, yes, I was. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So listen, there were, there was, 
you know, times when, you know, the quarterback position was, was a primary story in training camp. Not that way for the Chiefs, really, since since Andy Reid's been here with, with Alex Smith and now Patrick Mahomes. So, so Sam, I'll start with you. Um, what, what, what has training camp been about for Patrick Mahomes? And, um, and, and have you seen anything new or different or, or kind of fresh about him up in St. Joe? I, I don't know about this, the second part, but, um, you know, this training camp, I, I feel like is as important as one he's had since, you, you know, the last three years, I'd say maybe, I mean, um, you know, Vahe keeps phrasing it as his, his screen of view is, is different than it has been for the past three years. Like when he is in the shotgun and he looks out at the guys around him, it's as new of a group as he's had since he's been here. I mean, Tyree kill has been his leading wide receiver every year that he's played quarterback in Kansas city and he's gone. And he's a very specific type of wide receiver that changed the way defenses played against the Chiefs. And so without him, I think that you're going to see, um, you know, he's implementing a new playbook for one, you know, not completely new, but there's, I think there's more new layers this year than there has been at any point in his career. Um, and then also you're, you're going to see d- different defenses against the Chiefs. You know, last year we talked about how consistent the defensive schemes were against the Chiefs. They're going to be different this year, and that's going to require some mental aptitude um, adjustments from Patrick Mahomes. So you're right, Blair. I mean, there's so many other new faces around here that they're all worthy of conversation. But those new faces have changed the the consistency, too. It's changed the guys who are still here. I think Kelsey is going to be a little different this year, and certainly Patrick Mahomes has a lot of differences to get accustomed to. Yeah, all the new faces and so many of them just orbit around Patrick Mahomes, don't they? they um, it, 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 that is how significant he is to to this team. I, Herbie, it, it, I thought about this this morning. Can you make a case? I think you can, uh, but I want to hear your case about this, that the Chiefs have the best quarterback situation in the NFL. Uh, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that because you have a young stud. You have an elite quarterback. All right, if, if Sam Mellinger were still here, we'd all be drinking right now, okay? Because I can say that I've been fortunate enough to cover two elite franchise-type quarterbacks consecutively. You go from Drew Brees, and then you come here to Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, and they have one thing in common, stability. You mentioned the fact that we're not talking about the starting quarterback throughout training camp here. That's because he's established. Not many teams around the NFL have that luxury right now. Their beat writers are all about the quarterback. But for us, it's like, yeah, ho-hum, Patrick Mahomes is here. But you can make that case that he is the best quarterback. I mean, MVP, he's the check. Super Bowl MVP, check. All pro, check. Pro Bowls, check. You know, so many NFL records that he set at such a young age and the Chiefs are built for the future because of Patrick Mahomes. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday to, to piggyback off of what Herbie just said. Um, may or may not be writing something on this, but um, it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's just the, the lack of, I guess, drama, for lack of a better word, that comes around him. You know, you look at some of the other places that seemingly have pretty good quarterback situations, Baltimore, I mean, look at the situation, contract situation with Lamar Jackson, um, Kyler Murray. I mean, he gets his contract, but then, oh, by the way, the contract has language in it that requires him to be studying. 
then Cliff Kingsbury has some comments about the fact that, oh, I gave Kyler the headset for a day in practice to let him know this isn't as easy as he thinks it is. And it's just these situations that constantly are reminders that, oh, by the way, there's not a whole lot of drama with the quarterback you got here. He's going to be here 10 years. He gets paid less than some of these other guys we're talking about. Um, and you don't have these like side conversations. And part of that is, is, is certainly due credit to Andy Reid as well. Just, you know, the quote unquote program that he runs, but a lot of it has to do with the quarterback they have here. Yeah. And, and if I could piggyback off of that as well, I mean, we can talk about quarterbacks for days. Piggy, piggy, piggyback off my piggyback. There you go. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> the handoff. There you go. You mentioned the drama part and Blair, you remember how it was when, when Matt Castle was here, you know, we always had to endure Scott Pioli coming on any radio show or even talking to us. Matt Castle is our quarterback. How many times did we hear that? And then you brought in Kyle Orton and then oh, goodness gracious, who else was in that, that mix up uh, Brady, uh, uh, Brody Croyle. Yeah, Brody Croyle. There we go. I mean, so many names tossed in. Wasn't, there, but you don't... It wasn't Brady. Just to be clear, it was not Brady. <laughs> it was not Tom Brady. <laughs> but just so much, so many, uh, so much drama that, that Sam mentions there. And we don't have that here anymore. You know, Andy Reid has, has, has really stabilized the franchise, first with Alex Smith, and now it's going into the future with, once again, the best quarterback in the NFL. I love how when there's an interception in camp, it becomes such a big story, right? It's uh, they wow, Mahomes got picked off. Wow, wow, that's that's yeah. amazing. Who who got that? And even even yesterday when what was Fenton? I forget was a pick or a breakup, and you know he got jawed. He jawed with Mahomes about it a little bit. I just think that's there's our camp drama. It was it was a hold. Mahomes was right on that. By the way, you go back and watch. He held Travis Kelsey. Harvey, you got to mention that list you just sent us. Uh, of the quarterbacks that, that were here, because that really illustrates the point of what we don't have now. Yeah. Frozen up, Herbie. I'll, I'll, I'll finish up the list. You've, uh, your first camp was in 2006, and, of course, in River Falls. Um, some of the names uh, uh, over the years, uh, Damon Ewer, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Castle, of course, to Alex Smith. You can throw in the Tyler Palcos in there as well. And um, uh, just a, a, quite a cast of characters that must have made for very interesting training camps at, uh, at River Falls and in the first year or so of St. Joe. So let's um, uh, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of more opportunities to talk about Patrick Mahomes and what I think is probably one of the more critical developments of training camp. And that is Mahomes getting a comfort level with, you know, his new targets, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore. We heard from Moore today at, um, you know, on the, at the media tent, but I, I think that probably deserves a show in itself that we'll do as, as the season approaches, but let's do this. Um, let's take a break an early break today. Now we'll come back and answer some questions. We're going to hear on the other side of the break from Danny Shelton, who, um, sounded like he was pretty happy to be in Kansas City. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. 
But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Back on Sports Beat Live, uh, Chiefs Training Camp Edition with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. Um, let's let's one more uh, thought on the quarterback situation. Mike asks if the Chiefs will keep three quarterbacks. What do you think, Herbie? That's a wow. You know, we were actually talking about this in the media tent the other day, but this is going to come down to what positions they want to sacrifice. Last year, they started off the active 53 with just two. It was Chad Henney and obviously Patrick Mahomes. They brought Shane Bouchelle in probably around midseason because the Arizona Cardinals were sniffing around trying to sign Bouchelle from the practice squad to their active roster. And the Chiefs said, we're having none of that. So they brought him up to the active roster. I don't know if, they're, if they can afford to do that this year. If they want to keep six wide receivers, four uh, tight ends, if they want to keep six linebackers, you know, you're going to be sacrificing something there if, for a third quarterback that's hardly ever going to be seeing any action. So that's, that's a very good question, but that remains to be seen. Boy, it just it would run against uh, what they've done the last couple of years, right? I mean, if if they did, but as as you mentioned, they had to they had to put Bochelle on the active roster a, a year ago. Um, Louisa says hello, hello to Louisa. Um, what about um, uh, well, st- sticking with the offense? Michael asks about the, uh, Ronald Jones. What, did he was he still buried on the on the depth chart again today? Was he? Yeah, so at least he, at least running fourth, right? Yeah, third and fourth. He worked with Shane Bouchelle and uh, Dustin Crum. So, yeah, he, he the, the pecking order today was kind of interesting because they kind of tweaked it a little. In, in recent days, we saw, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jerick McKinnon, and then Isaiah Pacheco. But today it started off with Edwards-Alaire, Pacheco, and then McKinnon. Gotcha. Okay. Sam, what about the, what about the, the back to the quarterback? Um Shane Bouchelle or Chad Henney, if it comes to that, is if that's a possibility. Um, I, I I like what I saw from Bouchelle on on Saturday, and, um, and I haven't liked really what I've seen from Chad Henney in some of the you know, some of the camp uh, drills. Uh, is it a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I I think that Bouchelle is like a really solid number three, and I don't think that she should be keeping a number three. 
I mean, it would be different if they thought that they needed to develop a quarterback and, you know, potentially they could develop him into like a backup, but the Chiefs are a team that is built right now to win Super Bowls. And if Shane Bouchelle is on the field, they're not going to accomplish that goal. <laughs> um, so I, I think they can find pieces that are actually valuable towards that goal, even if it's special teams, guys, even if it's a, an extra wide receiver. I think four tights, I mentioned the possibility of keeping four tight ends. We'll see how long Blake Bell's injury is, if that maybe makes that decision for them. But all four of them bring something to the table, and it's something different to the table to where it's valuable to keep all four of those guys. If Shane Bouchelle's on the field, the team's in trouble. So uh, with Danny Shelton, we'll switch to defense here. Uh, he brought it up during the, the news conference today. I, I guess I didn't make the, the Seattle Seahawks connection, but that's quite a quite a Seahawks group they have there now, really, with Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark. Um, all with some, you know, Seattle roots. Um, it's uh, Brian asked if the defensive line could be a, or observes that the defensive line could be a strength this year. Um, I, I look, they, they in, in their few series against the the Bears, they look good. The, the pitch to shutout in the first half that got, um, you know, that that obviously changed in the second half with the third and fourth string guys. So. Um, what do you think, Herbie? Um, the addition of, of, of Shelton, we've only seen him in you know, pads for a day and a half, basically, a, a couple of series on, on Monday, and then he practiced a little bit more today. Is this a plus for the Chiefs, his addition? And he is absolutely a space eater. I saw again today where he's you know, taken on three. <laughs> I mean, it takes three to move him. Um, is, is the chief defensive line, has it gotten better? Because that is, again, we've, we've mentioned on the show, that was a problem in the AFC title game loss to the Bengals last year. I think that the Chiefs, to your question, I think the Chiefs defensive line got better even before the addition of Danny Shelton. You know, you spend the first round draft pick on George Karloftis. We saw the effort, you know, in the preseason opener. This is a guy with a nonstop motor who, who was wired to get in the backfield and disrupt the quarterback. You added Carlos Dunlap at the start of training camp, so he's another good addition. Shelton is just another piece for right now, but, you know, my goodness, over the last two practices, all of us are watching him out there in the one-on-one drills, and we're watching him on the nine-on-seven drills, and you're right. It takes two or three people to move this guy, and if the Chiefs are looking for someone to fill up the gaps, they're going to have it with Chris Jones and Danny Shelton if he's part of that starting rotation. And Steve Spagnola brought it up earlier uh, during his, his press conference at the practice. He mentions if you had those guys up the middle, that frees up the guys on the end. You know, you, because now the quarterback doesn't have a place to step up when you've got Shelton or Derek Nottie or Chris Jones or even uh, some of the other guys, uh, Tershawn Wharton, in that part as part of that rotation. Yeah, listen. Um, and when we talk about it takes two or three guys to you know to to move uh, Danny Shelton, we're talking about quality players. I mean, it's, you know, guys on the you know Chiefs offensive line that are that at least have graded well in their careers here. Quality players, and it, it, that's how that's how big this guy. What is he? Three three forty five. Oh, he was asked that today, right? <laughs> I think it was you, Herbie, that asked him about his weight. <laughs> I didn't ask him about his weight, but he said, you know, he'll play whatever weight the coach is asking to be if they want to be 340. He said he said 40, 50. And, of course, I think it was P.J. Green who mentioned 240. <laughs> you know, so he kind of laughed. He's like he hadn't been 240 pounds since he was in mid-school. 
Uh, but the, the guy is, you mentioned, you make a very good point because there were two repetitions over the last two days that really jump out to me, and it came against Trey Smith. You know, if you're able to move Trey Smith the way Danny Shelton did, you know, that, that you can't help but notice that kind of stuff. Can you imagine if a, if a coach decided that 340 was not enough and you needed to be more like 350? We need you to gain 10 pounds here, Danny. We need you to be more like 350. We have some special guests here, you know, the Chiefs PR team right behind me, the intern team. Great people there. You got two KU Jayhawks. You got uh, Skyler from Rutgers. And you have, oh, my goodness, an Iowa State person, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Glad that they uh, that they felt comfortable enough to to interrupt our show. That's uh, good on them. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's let's do this. Uh, whenever when the Chiefs sign a new player, I like to play a, a clip of him. So we're going to do that. It's a long one. We've got about five minutes. So uh, so be, get comfortable and let's hear from the newest Chief, Danny Shelton. I'm tired of flying around. And, um, you know, when I heard that Chiefs wanted me and you know, it was between Jags and Chiefs, you know, I had to go with the Chiefs, you know. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for this opportunity, uh, excited to be here with the guys and try to catch up with them and contribute to, you know, everybody's uh, goal, you know, getting to that championship. What excites you most about the defense? Uh, I've always been, uh, you know, a fan of Spags and how he runs things and then Andy Reid too, you know. So uh, just just the opportunity to be out here. Obviously, we got these high caliber players on our team, um, and just to be uh, be around those guys. You know, it, it excites me to be able to compete with them, and um, you know, hopefully, learn something that I can add to my my toolbox. You know. What is it about his? What are, is it about Spag's defense that made you a fan? Um, I think the juice, really. So that I mean, Spags, he has this kind of. Uh, energy you know you don't want to get up you don't want to uh you know get on his bad side and so um and he's smooth with it you know so it's like you respect that you know and uh you want to do do your best out there and so you bring in the juice you you uh get in your playbook and um you do your best to produce you had a great rep today that your teammates really rallied and then i saw uh, a couple of guys talking to beach about you and pointing out what's that like getting that welcome like that uh, I'm not going to lie, I feel good, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm coming in mid-camp, mid, mid camp, you know, and a lot of guys don't want to hear a new guy talk and stuff, and, um, you know, so I, I'm just, I'm here trying to soak up everything and, uh, you know, add a little knowledge to the younger guys, too, um, so I'm, I'm here helping out as much as I can, but uh, it feels great to uh, be welcomed from these guys. Do you like to be ready to play on Saturday? Honestly, if Coach put me in there, I'll be ready. So, did you uh, have a visit with the Chiefs? Did you fly in at some point before signing, or no? Or did you just visit other teams? Just visit other teams. Yep. How, how many teams were in the consideration? Um, I had Panthers, Raiders, and then Jags, um, and then Chiefs. You guys, you guys called, and I was ready. I think that's the goal, you know, when you're in the NFL, you never know, you know, you could be on another team in a couple of weeks. And so uh, I think every player here has that mind mindset that you know, I'm going to do my best 
and hopefully I'll be able to extend my career here. But um, you know, that's the same for me. You know, I'm, you know, I don't like moving. I don't like having to move my dogs, my kids, and uh, so you know, if, if I'm able to contribute and coaches see that, and uh, I'm here longer, then I'm here longer. Um, yeah, you know, Chris Jones is a beast, and uh, you know I played played alongside a lot of beasts, and uh, you know I'm just gonna do do the best that I can to help him out, and uh, do the best I, I can to help out this defense. That's the overall goal. What are your impressions? You've just been here a little while. The culture here, yeah. kind of, you know, what it's all about. Uh, yeah, it's, it's different for me, so it's a, it's a new experience. Um, you know, I've been in that. Uh, uh, Patriots, if you want to call it, organization for past four years, and um, so this is a a new structure and a new um, you know feel, you know. So uh, I like it, you know. I'm getting used to everything. It's only my second day, and so um, you know I'm just ready to fill in wherever they need me to be in. You mentioned wanting to find that stability. When you look at your career, why do you think it didn't work out at some of the other teams? Um. Me, I say uh, it, it really comes down to coaching, coaching style and what they want in their defense. Um, you know, me, I'm a bigger, bigger D lineman. So, you know, a lot of guys see me as the, the run fit guy. Um, and a lot of defenses now have been more like, you know, pass rushers. And uh, so you know, I'm, I'm honestly just going to be here ready to play wherever they need me and um, stay on my toes. You gonna bring the lava into the I mean, that's the plan. You know, I want to want to mess up anything, but I, I want to bring a little bit of me and you know and uh, share my culture with everybody. Uh, shoot. I say four down. You you have a little more fun. Three down. That's a little more gritty. And that's me. You know, I grew up the. Hard nose football, you know, no gloves and just, you know, smashing somebody in the face. And so uh, I, I personally like three down, you know, one on one, bring on a double team, bring on a triple team, do my best to uh, push the pocket. What was that question that Herbie asked? If it's going to bring what to the locker room? The Polynesian skirt, lava, lava. There's a story with that. Okay. When he was in Cleveland, because remember, uh, what? In 2015, when he was the 12th overall draft pick, he walked out on stage in traditional Polynesian garb, and he had one of those grass skirts on. That's a lava lava. It's part of the Polynesian culture. So when he arrived to Cleveland, he actually helped spread that around, and he taught some of the players about the poly culture. Cool. That's a cool story. That is cool. Uh, very cool. And I like also how he kind of accepted the challenge, Herbie, when you asked him about why it didn't work out and in other places, um, look, it, it, it was a good answer too. I mean, he every you know everything's a you know everybody every defensive line has got to be a pass rusher. I don't see him as that, and I, and and you mentioned it, you alluded to it earlier. Spag says if you collapse the pocket, that gives you know gives defensive ends the opportunity to to do what they do well. That's I see him, I see him as that player, right? Uh, uh, you know, tr- basically just taking up space, collapsing the pocket, t- taking on double teams, and keeping, um, you know, making making it you know easier for for Frank Clark, for uh, Michael Dana, for George Karloftis, 
you know, for, for Carlos Dunlap to, to do their jobs. I think if anything, it also will help out against the run. You know, if there's one big knock against the Chiefs defense over the, the past two or three seasons, we see it all the time. They start off slow, and the, we're, the one of the major issues is against the run. You get a space eater like Danny Shelton in there. You know, we, we mentioned allowing the pass rushers to flow. That allows the linebackers to flow as well if, you know, if you're trying to stop the run. Brian says that don't sleep on Turk Wharton. I agree. He had that nice. I thought he had a nice game on um, on Saturday, and also notices uh, or asks if we're getting a little Dan Saliamua vibes. I, I remember Saliamua. That was um, uh, he was back in the '90s. Uh, a really good, great, tough player for the for the Chiefs. So, uh, and Paul uh, wants to know if we're drinking too much Kool Aid uh, on on defensive when it comes to the defensive line. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think it's a possibility. This could be a better defensive line than, than last year. You know, need need more evidence than you know than one half of one game. But uh, but it's 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 showed up here at training camp. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think that I'd still like to wait and see if this defensive line actually is that much better than it was last year. Um, I I think there's more questions about the defensive line than there is anywhere else on the on the roster right now. Agreed. Right. I think on I think on paper, it, it does project to be better. But it, I, I'll agree with Sam there. Just like old times, you know, when when Sam was my beat partner before he be, he went big time and became a columnist. But we're agreeing on things, you know. We're agreeing on. We're not supposed to be doing that, Sam. I didn't get to this spot by agreeing with you, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Got two more of these shows. Um, two more, uh, two more opportunities to get uh, some training camp questions to us on Wednesday and Thursday, um, and then everybody goes home from St. Joe. Chiefs, of course, play Sunday or Saturday. Of course, Sunday. Uh, they play Saturday at three o'clock against the Commanders of Washington, and then it's Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers, also in Arrowhead Stadium. And after that, we will have. Shortly after that, we'll have a fifty-three man team and see where it goes from there. Okay, so. Uh, Sam Herbie, thanks a lot uh, always to uh, uh, to our man, Monty Davis, and to First Federal Bank. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was 28 pages of Royals coverage college football, NFL, NBA, soccer, and five pages of box scores and other agate. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC.